welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast We are on episode 17 uh, I'm back again with my co-host the Antaku What's going on man? Not much, just sweating out on this very nice spring day in this attic. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, as a disclaimer for, for both of us, um, we're, I don't know how the weather is in you guys' cities, but uh, on the East Coast, the weather is, the sun is starting to make its presence known, so it's getting a little hot. So I have a fan on, he has a fan on, I apologize if it's annoying, but I don't want to sweat and die during this podcast, so y'all are just going to have to deal with it. So yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty much that. Um, but today we are gonna cover uh, UFC 210. This was a fun, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, th- this card was just interesting. But it was in New York, so what do you expect? A- everything in New York is is extra, and this this card was no exception. Hashtag reband MMA. <laughs> Hashtag free titty movement. <laughs> yeah, man, New York, man, y'all gotta. How how many events have been in New York now? This would be the fifth, I believe. Yes, so man. the two hundred five, the inexplicable Derek Lewis versus Russian man with extremely long last name. <laughs> um, Brooklyn. There was one more before this. Where was it? Where was it? Uh, no, this might have been the fourth and the fifth one is coming up in June, July with well, the Long Island Fox card. So, well, New York, I mean, I mean, y'all are a cool city and all, but um, yeah, your athletic commission needs to Garbage. get it together. Garbage. <laughs> but we'll we'll get into that later. It won't take too long to talk about that. But uh, I mean, we're gonna talk about it over like at least two fights. Right. <laughs> so we'll uh we'll start from the top. Uh, main event: a rematch um of Daniel DC Cormier and Rumble Johnson. Um, I was kind of flip flopping before this fight on who I thought would win, but eventually I just went with DC pretty much because I just feel like I didn't think this fight would be too different from the first unless Rumble stayed patient um I don't know this fight was kind of bizarre like Rumble did pretty solid on the feet which I expected but he only threw one he, he threw one strike on the feet like one substantial strike it was the head kick that landed and like, um, this is uh, this was honestly the worst challenger attempt at a title I can think of in recent memory. And I'm including um, freaking Casagano fight just r- jumping at Ronda <laughs> Rousey because at, at least there, like Zingano's a slow starter uh, uh, and 
she realizes that if she starts slow against Rousey, it's all over because Rousey is was the best, you know, one minute fighter in MMA. Like here, Rumble knows that the only chance DC stands with him is if they wrestle. And it's the first thing he does. Yeah. And <laughs> it was like this it was like he went he knew he was he, he after a fight he admitted that he knew this was gonna be his last fight, win or lose. That he had a career after MMA already set up and that he he was sick and tired of training and getting ready for these fights and everything. So I'm assuming he just went to this being like, I want to prove to myself that I can out wrestle Daniel Cormier. Yeah, and it did not uh That's didn't... the only thing that makes sense because his corner Oh god, I have to find that transcript. Yeah, I didn't read it. I saw that they did post a, a link. But yeah, the fight was just it was bizarre, just Here it is. Um, voice, take your time. Nice, take your time. Don't take him down. Poofed. Don't wrestle him. Voice, if you're going to go, go, go single. Poof, you don't have to wrestle him, AJ. Just relax. Voice, don't wrestle him. Get out of there. Get out of there. Okay, stud. Now, let me, let's get your hands out. Why is he wrestling him? Poof, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) This just keeps, why, uh, Oh my god. Uh, let me just skip to the end because movement, hoofed, movement, athletic movement. That's it. Take your distance. Johnson shoots for another takedown. You need distance. <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. Cormier takes Johnson's back. It's going the same as last time, Johnson taps. Why? Why the fuck does this happen every fucking time? <laughs> and, and that kind of perfectly sums up this fight. Like, I went to a fight party for this, so I was in a... It wasn't a huge... It was more like get-together. There was a room probably full of about maybe like eight of us. And, yeah, we were all just... Everybody was just kind of puzzled. Just like, what? What is he doing? Just... It almost seemed like... Yeah, when I heard the retirement talk, it was like, did you just want to rush out of here? Like, I don't think you wanted this fight to last that long. It was almost like you were looking forward to this being over. And... I really think that's it. Like he came with the idea, this is the end. I'm going to, you know, wrestle him. And I'm gonna get out of here as quick as possible. And did I forgot how many? I remember like he got a takedown at like the end of the first, but the bell had already rung. Like yeah. he didn't. Yeah, I don't know. This, at, this... At, at, at no point did it feel like he was going to win this fight. Not at all. Yeah, no, there was never a second. Uh, uh, he handed Cormier exactly the type of fight Cormier not even needed so much as just like he handed Cormier the fight where Cormier would just have the easiest route to victory. Yeah, no. I, I really like that single um, inside sweep that. Cormier hit to take him down. I can't remember if it was the first or second round. That was the highlight of the fight, though. Yeah, I was going to say, other than that, yeah, this fight, not a whole lot. To to be honest, I feel like the the post-fight was more interesting than... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, you, you know... The, you, have what, you would you'd have what would be one of the saddest moments in, you know, combat sports history if Rumble wasn't such an awful human being. With... Rumble just sitting there being like, where are my coaches at? <laughs> and only one of them coming into the cage for his retirement speech when they all know he's about to retire. Man. So, I and guess... Then, then you have DC 
trying to set up a fight with Jimmy Manoa and then turning to John Jones. <laughs> I like Corey Anderson, but you just beat Corey Anderson. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny, like, right before that, when him and Joe had the back and forth, like, they don't understand why fans don't like him. And then he... He goes on his little tirade. I mean, I guess I don't mind it. I'm not a huge Cormier fan, but I don't mind a little trash talk. I would root for Cormier against most of the light heavyweight division. I I actually really enjoy watching Cormier fight. I think he's one of like the most innovative, innovative and uh, just creative guys when it comes to just straight up wrestling and MMA. And it's always like fun to see what he brings into the cage because he is so much better wrestling than ninety nine percent of you know, everybody the, and, <laughs> in general. Yeah, um, just like these guys. But um, yeah, I think that kind of gets lost with him too. Like I, I will agree with him on one front that uh, for what I guess for whatever reason some people don't like him, but I, I do think he's not. He's probably not as appreciated as much as. Maybe he should be, because his skill set, like, yeah, he, I mean, like, I feel like people don't remember, like, in Strike Force, this dude came in, like, their heavyweight tournament as an alternate and just ran through everybody, and he hasn't stopped ever since then. Exactly, and uh, a large part of it is people just love to root for the asshole, and um, John Jones is the wrestling tweener heel baby face <laughs> he, he's just he, he's he's somewhere between like stone cold steve Austin and cm punk where he'll just like tell you fuck you to your face and i don't need <laughs> you and i'm just gonna run rough shot and do my own thing and then everybody cheers for him because he's he, he just does whatever the fuck he wants and, I, and, and the funniest thing is dc doesn't understand that he's a wrestling fan there's a man who went to WrestleMania, what was it, 32? It was, like, begging Seth Rollins for, like, his suitcase on um, <laughs> on Twitter. And he doesn't seem to understand that MMA fans connect with John Jones because John Jones is a terribly flawed human being who does not see his own flaws. It's, it's bizarre. Like, he, like I, I think it was uh, Jordan Breen who brought it up, like, before when they were supposed to have the rematch and you know end up getting canceled at the last minute um he brought up daniel cormier wants to fight and beat john jones to make john jones a better person (laughs) i could see that And, and that's just fucking insane like you, you, you don't fight to make the other man a better person i feel like they're not to go off on a tangent I feel like Cormier and John Jones are almost like like Vegeta and Goku. Like complete opposite ends of the spectrum. I feel like that's what they kinda got going on. But yeah, that, yeah. How how do we feel I guess throwing John Jones aside, uh, real quick. How how do we feel about Cormier and, and Manoa if that happens? I mean Cormier gets an easy win. Or I should say, even added on to that, do you think Manoa has earned a title shot, or does he need to get another? Bruh, Vulcan Ozdemir 
is now a top five light heavyweight <laughs> because Rumble has retired. <laughs> There's no such thing as meritocracy at 205. <laughs> like, hey, if you got three wins in a row, it's all yours. Just go for it. Yeah, I was going to say, at this point, I'm not... The, the, like We're burying the lead here. The real story of, of UFC 210 is the UFC light heavyweight division is officially dead because we're, we're hot. Like we were like joking about him calling out John Jones, but like John Jones doesn't get off suspension until like what, June, July? Yeah, I think June. So the man, so he's not getting off suspension until then. He's probably not going to fight for another two months. So let's just say December, uh, September. They still have a fight for September. John Jones has five months to fuck up his life. <laughs> Wait, do we really think he's not going to be out there partying his ass off and just one Saturday he just fucking pulls his car over like high off of cocaine and just and just fucking pees in the park and gets arrested? <laughs> like, you don't think that's a possibility? Yes, I, I, I want to... Like <laughs> That's on like a board somewhere of just likely outcomes in the next five months. It it could, it, it definitely could. I want I want to I wanna be an optimist and say that John will not. Alex, uh, Alexander Gustafson, who I think since basically beating Shogun has gone like five hundred when it comes to actually making it to fight night. So he he like he makes it one out of every two times he scheduled the fight. So. Who knows if we're even going to see him fight Glover Teixeira. And so basically, we, right off the bat, we can you know discount Gus, Gustafson and, John, and Jones, and we're left with Shogun. <laughs> That's that was going to be my next point. Like Shogun is Teixeira, and do any of those fights interest you on any level? Somehow, I would I would watch a Shogun Cormier fight. Not that I think it would be great. But in 2017, that would just blow my mind. I mean, maybe we get lucky and, like, Cormier decides he wants to Anderson Silva the situation and, like, carry him to the decision. And just in the fifth round, Shogun just unfurls like a left hook that knocks him unconscious. <laughs> ah, see. See what, see what Dave Branch did. Dave Branch screwed up the whole system. Because, he did. <laughs> he, he <got> <laughs> Dave Branch could totally be Volcano Samir. Yeah. Man. But, yeah, this... 205, man. Just... What a show. What a... This is what happens when you let everybody leave. Right. Literally right. You could have Phil Davis, you could have Ryan Bader, you could have had it all, man. could have had it all. I don't know. This division... I'm I'm afraid what this is gonna look like like a year from now. It is really funny because <laughs> uh, boxing, since they made the cruiserweight division like what was it 2000 or something like that, late 90s, um, early 2000s, heavyweight has just dropped off dramatically, and there's like a lot of really talented, like flawed but talented and like fun guys to watch at 200. And it's like the complete opposite for MMA. Where, like, there are a couple, like, all the prospects are a heavyweight. Even if they don't pan out, they're the only guys who actually, like, come up and, like, they look exciting. But, 
I guess we'll see. We'll see how this shakes out. Who knows? Oh, real quick before we uh go off of this fight. So yeah, to go back to Rumble real quick. So yeah, in his post-fight interview, as I'm pretty sure everybody's heard by now, he announced that he was retiring, and uh, none of his co- or one of his coaches showed up <laughs> to his. Where well, one one sad soul showed up to his retirement speech, and the rest of them just kind of went over yonder. Um, Yo, Henry, he'll fuck the fuck out. Like, he, he bounced. <laughs> so yeah, you you told me earlier off the air. Um, so what like exactly happened with that? Because yeah, I I didn't know why he didn't why any of them didn't show up. Oh, so uh, that was partly because of the transcript I read. Hoof is like a notoriously piss poor corner man when it comes to like his fighters losing in fights. Like he stops offering them advice and just tells them to like you know man the fuck up. Like in the first Cormier fight, he was telling, he was screaming at Johnson on, on his, while he was on the while they were on uh, mid round and they were freaking talking about strategy. He's like, "Don't quit. I need you not to quit." And you, you don't want to put that idea in your fighter's head. Like he's in, like, and this is what Hoof does. So I guess he realized in the second round that Rumble was just going to wrestle with DC. So he was just like, fuck it, and bounced after he tapped. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, can, can can anybody blame him? Yeah, that was not a good... um. Every fucking time, man. Crazy. <sighs> kind of sucks. I feel like that fight did kind of... Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll just go into the next fight. I don't even want to talk about that fight anymore. But, I mean, props to DC... And all of the controversy, I feel like it shouldn't be lost that, you know. The controversy just, like, pure, like, what were you doing? Man? Yeah, just, you know. This is, like, Stipe, my, like Stipe's title reign so far, where, we're like, we look at Verdum and Stipe, uh, and Alistair Overeem, and we look back on the fights, and the whole narrative is, what were you trying to accomplish? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was bizarre to say the least, but props to DC man. He he got another win. Probably and and nobody any nobody not named John Jones is probably gonna take him. Not anybody I see in the future, but we'll we'll see how that division pans out. It, Maybe we luck out and Cain Velasquez just retires because he can't fight without smoking weed because the pain <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> and DC goes back up. And DC goes back up and challenges Stipe Miocic. You see, that's a fun fight. I I'm all for it. To that. I'm all for it. We'll, I'm about it. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, Speaking but, of guys who should move up. Oh. It's, uh, it's Chris Weidman time. Yeah, on, on, to, on to more just... On to, on, to the, on to the New York Athletic Commission. Right. <laughs> so... Co-main event, and this was the fight for me personally. I was looking forward to this fight the most. I was really interested to see how this fight was going to play out. I thought that Gegard had the skill set to win, but I wasn't sure if he was going to pull it off. Um, I, I guess before we get... but Prior to the knee, this was a really good fight for me. I was entertained all the way through. Wadman was getting takedowns. Gegard was still finding ways to get back up. Gegard... Let loose on that jab a lot. Yeah, he Gegard did in the stand up kind of what I thought he would do. I thought he would have I don't say a sizable advantage, but his hands I think are a lot more crisp, a lot more cleaner. 
he definitely touched Wadman up a bit. Um, it's not like Wadman wasn't anything either, but it was. Yeah, but if, yeah. If it was a pure striking contest, it was clearly leaning more towards Masasi. Masasi, yeah, and it, it to me it kind of felt like the longer the fight went on, that Musasi was starting to get a bit more comfortable. He was landing a bit more, but Wadman was still getting takedowns, though Musasi's defense was... He, I feel like not a lot of people get taken down by Wadman and get back up, and yeah. he managed to get back up on more than one occasion, and he returned fire. Like They had a really nice, just kind of back-and-forth thing going on, and then... Then we get to uh, the the second round, and um, so I can't remember. Was the second round? Didn't he start off with a flurry? He kind of backed Wadman up a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, second round. Yeah, he got a nice flurry in. He backed Wadman up. It looked like he was. I mean, some of the shots were blocked, but he was yeah. definitely letting loose. Wadman hit a takedown. Kind of sawed him out for a little bit. Wadman started. It looked like Wadman was taking control of the fight. Even though it, it was pretty clear that Wyman was not gassed, but like he was a little less fresher of the two. Yeah. And uh, but he was, he was still doing his thing, and then uh, I can't remember how the sequence started. Yeah, I don't remember how it started either. I just remember somehow they got. I don't know if Wyman had went for a takedown. Somehow they got clinched up. And I, I, I believe Wyman was going in on a takedown, and why? Um, either getting up off the ground or going for a takedown and Gregor grabbed his head but Wyman was clearly trying to play that game where you know you have a hand on the ground so you're grounded right and Gregor did not care at all because yeah. well he shouldn't have because um, was it the start of the card where they announced it where they were following the um, the, the new, new rules, rules? Yeah. yeah they announced and... that they were following the new rules so technically speaking Wyman was up he was not a downed opponent. I don't know if he realizes that. Or he, I think what happened is he tried to play that game. He tried to milk it. Because uh, as soon as, um, who was it? Was it Dan Murphy either? Yeah, yeah. Yep, as soon as it was Dan. Dan. Ste- as soon as Dan stepped in, he tried, he grabbed his head and he was like, oh, I'm so concussed. Oh my God! Please help me. And then, and then as soon as it became, as soon as Mergada came over and was like, "Oh, I think he he watched the replay first, came back over. He you know, he talked to the commission, went back over the Wyman. He's like, "Yo, that was a legal knee." And yeah, that that whole sequence just <laughs> like it when it first happened. I get it, and for people, I guess if you didn't see the fight. So, like, the first knee was clearly legal because I think Wadman, maybe one hand was on the ground. I don't even know if that hand was fully well, on the ground. Even then, like, it doesn't matter how many hands he has on the ground. They were all legal. Yeah. And this, this yeah, the second knee, I guess, was the, the quote-unquote knee in question. And, yeah, kind of just to piggyback off what you were saying, like, yeah, that whole, like, sequence just pissed me off so much because... Yeah, Wadman definitely played the game, and it was like, it almost seemed, I, I I won't go as far as say he wanted out, but like, he was definitely milking time, and it seemed like he was leaning towards, oh, I can't continue, and then when they finally called the fight, that now he's mad that, oh, I can keep going, it's like, no, you can't. We can't, you can't do the flip flop. We're not doing the flip flop. But yeah, it wasn't even just him that pissed me off, like. 
I felt like that sequence just took so long to play out. Like, yeah. <laughs> and after the replay, nobody knows the rules. Yeah, or was... at least the guy who's supposed to know the rules does it. It was like after the after the replay, and they decided, oh, the Lee was legal. I mean, the the knee was was legal. It's like, why? I mean, the, you should have just started the fight back up again. I don't know if you give Gegard his position back, or I don't. I'm not sure how that works out, but it just felt like they took way too long deliberating on something that, like, after you watch the replay, you can clearly see the knee was legal. So it's like after that. I mean, I get it, it's the heat of the moment, there's pressure, but you gotta make a decision. You can't just drag this out, and then, it just kinda took away from, like, it was a really, really, it was a really good fight, and then that just kinda, just sucked the air right out of everything, and now we got Weidman, who's, uh, I believe he's appealing the, the decision or whatever, I, I don't understand why, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, great fight up until that that just... I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, like, no one wins in this situation except for Gegard Musasi, obviously, because he gets a win over a former UFC champion. And, and, oh, just to throw it out there, that was the last fight on his UFC contract. Please, they if they... Yeah, you, you gotta bring him back. I mean, he like, just beat your former champion. Right. Arguably the biggest draw at middleweight. Right, Which, and he looked good doing it. Like, like, yeah, like the UFC wants Chris Weidman in a title fight. Like, he, he's the guy with like, the numbers to back up the fact that he's, he can sell. He, maybe he's not going to sell five hundred thousand again, but maybe it does like three hundred, three hundred fifty. Like they want him in a title. They wanted him in a title fight, and now it's, that seems like a pipe dream until unless he moves up. Well, I'm. I'm... I guess Gegard was open to the rematch, so would you... I'm down for a rematch. I mean, run it back, but if you're Weidman's team, like, this is his third stoppage loss in a row, and we didn't really bring it up, but if Big... If Dan hadn't stepped in at that point, I really think Musashi would have just fucked um, Weidman up from there. Yeah, I was kind of leaning toward that, too. Like, you could tell, like, the tide of that fight was turning, and Musashi had... He had the momentum going on the side like i said like right in the second round he started off just on fire like yeah. he he was ready to end it and yeah i don't know i mean yeah like, i guess you're right run it back but team, like get the man in the fight with like rafael natal or something like that this is his third stoppage loss in a row he's had a serious neck injury in between all of that and it's not like all these stoppages besides this one i guess which is the lightest one and even then he still looked like he couldn't continue even though it Seem, it really seem to be milking it. Um, the Yarl Romero knee, which was phantasmagorical, <laughs> and then the then the Luke Rockhold fight, which took like ten years off his life. Like, uh, let, let the man rebuild, and stop having him cut to one eighty five, because it seems pretty clear he can't keep up the pace they want this in the set. I was saying, and and at this point, um, anybody who's willing to go to 205, if you can make it, I'm all for it. The division needs you. Like Chris Weidman, <laughs> like seriously, you think you can't beat Ovin St. Pro? Right. <laughs> like, Weidman goes to 205. 
He's easily, he's a top five. Probably right away. Top ten right away, at least. But. It'd probably be easier than trying to fight someone at the top, bottom of the top ten and middleweight. Yeah. But I, I hope, I hope, like, Musashi doesn't get lost in all of, you know. Yeah, this was his fifth win in a row. Yeah, like, he's he's been on a roll, a very impressive one, and he's looked as good as you could ask somebody to look, pretty much. Yeah. This is the biggest win of his, at least his UFC career. Yeah. Like, he, It sucks it's mired in controversy and what-ifs and all that other good shit, but, um... No, he looked really good. This is the best he's looked against a wrestler. Um, a good wrestler. I, I guess, well, with with middleweight, I can't even just say with middleweight, with any division, we don't well, know how uh, title shots really pan out. <laughs> but It's worth noting that um, he's not the only middleweight up on the free agent market, UFC middleweight anyway, that's on the free agent market as of his, this last fight. Um, this coming weekend, Jack Roy is going to be fighting uh, Robert Whitaker, and that's the last fight on his contract. Oh no! Yeah. And yeah, like the UFC man, you they, you guys would be in, insane to not keep both of those two. Like if this was two, three years ago, and the Fertitas were still doing their thing, and Joe Silva was around, these guys would have had contracts like last year. Yeah, already three fights on their contracts, like three fights left. So I, I'm not sure if this is just mismanagement, if this is just they can't come to terms, if the UFC is either barred to reach out and be like, hey, your contract's coming up, I know um, you want X, Y, and Z. And the, and the thing is, you know what all these guys want. They want title fights and big money fights. And the UFC is just consistently not giving them to giving them, especially at middleweight, where, like, you can pick... Musashi, Jacare, or your Romero, and they deserve a title shot, but it's going to the guy who, you know, a, a welterweight who hasn't fought in almost four years. So. These, 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 are, these are the times we live in. <laughs> and it's, worth, it's also worth noting that those three guys happen to be, I don't know if you say found, definitely not in Musashi's case. Who have worked with the guy who will probably be putting in you know money up for them when it, uh, uh, Coker, hmm. and of course there's always Ryzen who and I'm sure Musashi would love to go back to Japan. Yeah, like there are other there are other options. There are other options. I'm not sure they're going to pay them the same money. Musashi headlined like four cards last year. Or not headlined, but fought on four cards last year. So who knows? Um, who, who knows if they could match that? But they could definitely match in like freedom. Yeah, and hey, go do kickboxing. Go let you fight whoever you want on Bellator kickboxing. Not even that. If they get, they're getting title shots if they go to other organizations. Like it's not even a question. Oh yeah. I.e. Lorenz Larkin, who leaves the UFC and immediately. <laughs> Immediately who, 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 gets a shot. Who, who the fuck else is Rafael Carvalho with a fight? <laughs> he just felt he just fought Melvin Mayweather like <laughs> for the second time in a row. <laughs> but I uh, yeah I will say though for I, I I I think I've said this plenty of times that I'm a pretty big Bisbing fan. But I would love to see Bisbing and Gegard fight. Like I I think that would be a really fun fight to watch. So I th- I think Gegard would. Box the shit out of him. <laughs> I want to see it. 
I, I want to see that fight. But, you know, I I guess all in all, just, I hope Gegard and especially Jacare, like, if 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 they didn't renew Jacare's contract, like, I, that would that would hurt a lot. Like, I, I love watching that dude fight. So I, I hope they stick around. I mean, I get it if they want to leave because they feel they're being treated unfairly. I, I get it. Go to any other avenue you can. They'd be treated, you know, how you see fit. But I hope they stick around because I want to see them fight the best people. And But, yeah, nowadays it's... it's oh, yeah. Yeah, is there any difference between... Um... Well, I guess Musashi fighting, say, Talos Leitas or Rafael Carvalho? Maybe not skill-wise, but at least if you fight Carvalho, you get a belt for it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I say he fought four times last year. He fought Diago Santos, Uriah Hall, uh, Talos Leitas, and uh, Vitor Belfort, but... He could get the same, uh, uh, roughly the same quality of fights fighting Bell, uh, Bellator's 205 division. All right. Probably even better. Probably be a dual champ. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the Dave Branch tip. But, yeah, that, you know, controversy aside, niche shenanigans aside, great great performance by Musasi. If they run it back, uh, I'm not mad. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. Like I said, it, it was a good Fox. fight. Right. Five yeah, let people let people see it, cause yeah, like I said, controversy aside, good, pretty good performances from both of them. Aside from that, whatever that was, but <laughs> I guess um, moving moving on further down the card, um, I forgot she was on this card, but I'm glad I definitely watched Cynthia Calvillo and Pearl Gonzalez. Um, Hashtag free titty. Hey man. I kind of missed that moment. Like, my friend pointed it out to me, and I think I was, like, talking to somebody, and I, yeah, apparently there, I guess, I guess it was a side boob, I, I don't know. Uh, I kinda, it was? That's not what I was talking about. Was it? Oh, I don't know. What, I was oh, talking, what? This is New York State Athletic Commission shenanigans. Um, oh, know, yeah, I, she had the, 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 um, yeah, so was it a breast enlargement or something, and they were going to pull her. So for those who don't know, um, after weigh-ins, like less than an hour after weigh-ins on Friday, um, Pearl Gonzalez was told that she cannot fight because she disclosed in her medicals that she had breast implants some time ago. Um, it is, this is like a real thing. Like the, like the fight was canceled. The UFC was working. Uh, the UFC immediately went into working to get, try to get it rebooked. Uh, not rebooked, but you know, allowed through. Uh, there was reports from some journalists on Twitter saying that, oh, I just saw Pro Gonzalez crying uh, at the back uh, at weigh-ins, like during the Q and A and stuff like that. Uh, by the end of the day, they managed to get they managed to get the fight approved. But after they talked to um, Pro Gonzalez's physician, like I'm not sure if it was like her actual like, you know, athlete, uh, her yeah. hey. Um, her God, what was it? Like the physician who did the surgery, or her uh, medical physician, or whatever. But they they spoke with him. They said that it was fine, so she was allowed to fight. But the thing is, there's a rule. There is a rule in New York for boxers, female boxers with breast implants, that they're not allowed to fight. 
The rule doesn't is nowhere in the MMA regulations. So, so is that like a safety? Like how? Uh, if uh, for breast implants, if saline starts to leak into your body, you can technically die. But those things are really durable. Oh, okay. You, and you also figure like not to compare apples and oranges, but pro wrestler there 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 has been a long honored tradition of breast implants in pro wrestling. Very true. <laughs> and they they I'm pretty sure they do plenty of sweating and none of them have seemed to have had any not, problems. Well not just sweating but just like um what you call it, impact. Right. But I guess that aside, uh Cynthia man. She Pretty good. Yeah, man, she looked pretty good. Really, really aggressive. Awesome ground game. Like as as much as she was throwing combinations on the on the feet. Like when she went on the ground, man, she. Yeah, her, I, thing, I, is, I, her I, thing is she is a grappler and she is really really slick on the ground. Was it after the in the first round where she caught her in the triangle as the bell rang? Yeah, I think it was like right at the end. Yeah. She had a triangle in. Yeah, like she's she's super slick on the ground. And she was in. She came from LFA, right? Uh, was she in LFA? I think, yes, I think she, she was in LFA. The first card. Yeah, because I've I've seen her. I remember like her face was familiar. Like I know I've seen her fight before, and I remember in LFA that she was pretty much kind of. I don't know if it was that dominant, but she looked just as good in LFA as she did now. Like her skill set is definitely carried over. Yeah, she beat the. Um... Was it the same girl that Mackenzie Dern fought in their second fight? Yeah. She knocked, uh, she stopped the same girl that Mackenzie Dern uh, submitted with that crazy rear naked choke. Mm. Yeah, man. She she is an eyes to keep on at, at 115. Yeah, she like, she's talented. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, like, I say age. She's 29, but, like, in your division where like all the girls you're fighting are like five, six years younger than you and you're still climbing your way to the top, you have to wonder and she's I don't know if she's undersized, but yeah, you I wonder where her ceiling is, I guess is the point to all of this. We'll see. I'm I feel like oh no, no it's hard to say with, with matchmaking but the UFC definitely likes her. They put her on this card on the pay-per-view portion. She's a team alpha male girl. Um, she, she she's gonna get like a Fox card next as uh, as a like not a headliner but maybe an opener. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think they'll start yeah giving her some. I, I want to see her against somebody like just really solid. Yeah. I don't know maybe like a veteran or just you know like, like a Heather Joe Clark type or something. Right, yeah, somebody like that to see how she does. Cause like if yeah, you see her skill set, you see the the striking is is pretty good, lots of volume, lots of pressure, um, and I guess uh, not to give shout outs to Pearl. This, was this her debut? This was her debut. Yeah. And I, you have to imagine like the emotional roller coaster she went through on Friday. Where... Right from yeah, not even thinking she's gonna fight to. Yeah. No, well, well, making weight, being told after you made weight that you can't fight, going the whole day knowing the UFC's trying to get your fight booked again, and you you have no idea if you're gonna fight or not, and make your UFC debut, and then have and then being told you're gonna have to, you're gonna fight, and then you have to go before all these media and explain that you got you know breast implants and stuff like that to just a room full of like sweaty fat men. 
<laughs> and you didn't have to field their questions. Like, eh, like eh. that's probably not the best way to make your UFC debut. Not at all. But I hope to see her again, though. Yeah, like that's. I mean, I know fighters will say, you know, no excuses, so on and so forth. But you know, that's got to mess with you just a little bit. Yeah, it's not that she's terrible. She looked, yeah, she, she wasn't. She looked like a solid, uh, not low tier, but like mid tier fighter. Right. I'm I'm pretty sure they'll we'll see both of these these two again. But yeah, for for Cynthia, I'm definitely well. I want to see what yeah, like kind of like you said, what's what's the ceiling? How far can she go? Mm-hmm. I, I I would hope that ground game can take her. <laughs> can take her some places, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see. Like, but Cynthia yeah, she... is in the same boat. I put like Tisha Torres in, where like if there was a one twenty five division, I think she would be uh, Calvillo would be like the one fifteen like top five. Right, Torres would be like a one fifteen top five. But like you, you think about their size and their style, and you try to put in your head where that matches up with someone like Claudia Gadella, Claudia Gadella. Jessica Andrade. Yeah, well, Jessica, <laughs> well, Jessica Andrade is kind of short, but her, yeah, but st- her style is predicated on you know her physical abilities. Yeah, and she has something these two girls probably don't. And that's just knockout power. Yeah, just brutal tankish. Just <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then you have like Joanna and Jacek, who'd probably be at one twenty five if there was such a division. And she's just long as shit, and this precise pre- striker is just ridiculously strong and you're like how does that match up with these two girls who yeah. probably couldn't you know knock out anybody if they just gave them a free shot but I think I've said it before though man 115 is it's popping it's, it's popping man there's, it might not get the, the looks but there's there's a lot of talent there's a lot of good fighters down there so and eventually they'll find one that they can put and push to like Good Morning America and Ellen. Karate Hottie. Karate Hottie. Karate, 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 that's that's going to be the one. She's going to be the one they try next. Yeah, they try. If it happens, I hope it does. Though. I I do. I, I really like watching her fight. Yeah, but bad for like Rose Namajunas because that could be her. Like if they if they had you know slowed with the booking a little bit and not tried to match her up with like and not tried to get her back to a title shot so quick. Like I feel like they could have really done that whole push behind her because her story yeah. uh, her fight style her freaking just personality in general is that stuff I think is really marketable I guess she's, I think she's a, got time she's, she's still she's got time yeah like, yeah well, she's still pretty young she's four she's not even four years into her career yet or is she yeah she's just over four years into her career yeah, she started fight, pro- fighting professionally January 2013. No, that's not bad. I mean, and she's already fought for the title. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, that's that's not bad at all. If you look at the grand, <laughs> if you look at the grand scheme, that's not bad at all. But yeah, a lot of lot of young talent down there. Looking forward to seeing Sithy again, and looking forward to see seeing Pearl again. Hopefully, under better circumstances and not in New York, where just foolery seems to happen <laughs> just every single time um this next fight um man tiago alves patrick cote i feel like i owe tiago alves an apology <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I didn't think he was gonna look this good, man. He he definitely proved me wrong. Not not that I thought like he would get crushed or like yeah, he's Fankote. Yeah, not that he get crushed or blown out, but man, he yeah, sharp. he yeah he looked really really good, man. He yeah really sharp on the feet. He hasn't. Yeah, it goes to show you that weight cut fucking drained the shell because this version of him probably beats Jim Miller. Right, yeah, like he he at no point in this fight was he gassed. He was he it the first he dropped Cote? Really, dropped him like a couple times. Yeah, he dropped yeah. him a, a few times in this fight, and I mean, prop for Cote for hanging in there. Yeah, hanging in there. He he caught he caught a, a bit of a yeah he he got to put on him, and yeah, man, Alves looked like the sh- shades of Alves of old, just like a, a a fun guy to just watch fight. Like I don't know if. You know he'll make a title run anytime soon, but he's right. definitely somebody that when he fights, like you know, it's it's gonna be fun. Like either he, he's gonna knock somebody out or he'll get knocked oh, out. Oh yeah, like Elvis is in that point of his career where he's just there to put on. He he is there to, not so much test guys, but to give them tough fights. Right. He's he's not the bar for being a top fifteen fighter, but he, he's the type of guy you have to beat to be a top fifteen fighter. Um, and, right. and um, he, he might not be as athletic, and he might not knock guys out like he used to, but he's still skilled enough and experienced enough that he's going to put it on people when he can. And I guess uh, shout outs to Cote. This you know second uh, retirement of the night, or, or I guess if it, technically he was the first since yeah. this fight was before Rumbles. But yeah, he uh, he called it quits after this. He's been in the game for. I, I always forget that like he fought for a title once. Dang. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he fought at middleweight. He fought Anderson for a belt once. Like I, I always forget that that even happened. But yeah, he, this. He had the phantom knee injury. I forgot. Yeah, like he's been around for. For a while, years. man. Yeah. He's been fighting for fifteen years. He made his debut in his sixth fight against Tito Ortiz at UFC 50 in 2004. The man has walked 5,000 miles or whatever. Right. (laughs) Pretty much. Wherever the song is. He's really, you could say that for both of them. Tiago, and I was bringing that up to somebody else. Like, I know Tiago in the age, he's not that old, but I feel like he's been fighting for a long time. Tiago Alves looks like somebody who's been fighting since he was like 16. Right. <laughs> like, he's been fighting since 2001. So he's literally been fighting since he was 16. <laughs> His first fight was against Gleason Tebow, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's that's wild. It, yeah, props to both of you guys. I mean, it, it was a fun fight. Albeit, I mean, clearly Tiago was, was winning. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a fun fight to watch. Just two vets just kind of just going at it with, with one just a bit more sharper probably a bit more powerful he is a, more athletic <laughs> and yeah I about to say probably a lot more athletic oh, a lot more yeah and yeah I mean he I know his last two fights he, he dropped to Miller and to Condit but he he's definitely still got some, some gas left in the tank you know, like I said not probably not going to be in any super huge fights but he'll definitely be around for some fun <clears> scraps <throat> at, at least for you know I'd be happy like, with uh, Thiago, Thiago Santos uh, Alves 
friggin' fuck Santiago. Right. Diego Alves yeah. versus um, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Or Tim Means. Yeah, either of those would that's would be fun. good fight. Yeah, that's fun just running all over it. Yeah, just throw him in there and you, you know blood's coming. So yeah, it's always good to see the vet still still got got a little bit left in the in the tank. And like I said, th- this card was this card was pretty good. Like not huge on I guess star power. I mean, which card unquote. is nowadays? It's like right. if Connor's not fighting, then the card's going to not sell. Right. <laughs> that's that's how the UFC's conditioned us. If Connor's not fighting, then it's just not worth it. Yeah, you, the freaking president of the company fucking basically insulted all the fans for 209 by saying, who the fuck is Tyron Woodley? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess... So... Like, and I like the matchmaking. The matchmaking uh, has been so solid outside of some main events this year. Yeah, title that, fights. Like, even, the like, te- well, even most of the title fights, like, fuck, we're... Like, we're complaining. We just had Cormier Johnson too. The two top light heavyweights that can actually make it to the cage. We're about to have um, was it Myotich versus JDS too. You want the check versus Jessica Andrade, which is fight of the year. It, it might. It, I'm putting bet. On, I'm putting a bet on it now. It's going to go down as like the best female fight to date. That's my bet. We have, uh, they just scheduled Cody, uh, Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw for July. That's going to be an awesome fight. We're getting Valentina Shevchenko, Amanda Nunes, too, at some point in the near future, hopefully. We have Max Holloway and Jose Aldo coming uh, down the pipe in May, I want to say. Late May? Late, or early June, something like that? Uh, June. June 3rd. Uh, uh, we're good. A lot of blood. There's a lot of blood those, coming. Those are all terrific <laughs> matchups, and they're fun, and they have a lot to offer. It's just certain fights, like uh, the middleweight division <laughs> and the light heavyweight division from now on that are just like up in the air, and like, what yeah. the fuck is happening here? And Cub Swanson and Artem Lobov. That's that's, that's still a thing. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking more along the lines of uh, your freaking Corey Anderson's for Jimmy Mandela. Like, that's just a product of the UFC being bad at building stars. Because, like, I, like, we talked about the week after. If the number, what was he, six and the number nine light heavyweight face off like 10 years ago on, the, on a fight night main event, we'd all be sold. Right. <laughs> it's just that these guys happen to be Jimmy Manuel and Corey Anderson, and we're like, oh, I want to touch that. We're in weird times, I guess. We are. Right. <laughs> That's an understatement. We just need to start. The UFC just needs to start throwing some of these guys who they think will be around for ten years in main events, and just be like, hey, you're main eventing a card now. Like, do do it, Max Holloway. I'm saying that. I like this card showed a lot of young talent. Case in point, I guess the next fight. Oh, Oliveira's been he's been around for a while now, so I can't really say he's young talent. But I mean, he's still like what twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, twenty seven. God, dude's been fighting in the UFC since he was like nineteen. 
and he, he's another gentleman aside from Tiago Alves I owe another apology to um <laughs> this fight wasn't even close like this yeah. fight wasn't even remotely close um I don't like using this word but uh Charles Oliveira just exposed Will Brooks yeah but... uh, like mind you Charles Oliveira is one of the best and when I say one of the best I mean one of the best submission artists in MMA history and, uh, and but like just he's also the guy who is notorious for kind of just being not very strong yeah and that's I guess when this fight got announced this that's what I was thinking I was like Brooke, I get it Brooks's Brooke, first two fights haven't been you know the this best was, performances like, this but was the fight that was gonna be will Brooks just styling on somebody that's what I thought like I I, I won't say style like I, I didn't think even if Brooks won that it would be a blowout but I was envisioning like clearly Brooks will take him he'll down, be the yeah like he'll, he'll survive the submission tips early and then just pound on him yeah kind of like the Will Brooks and um oh, fight. fight yeah and hell where like he just he beat hell at his own game kind of yeah. like he wasn't afraid to go to the ground but yeah this fight did not Oliveira took him down with, with ease just Effortless takedown. <laughs> I can't. Some I saw. I read somebody pointed this out. Um, well, Brooks kind of been taken down by like all the wrestlers he's ever fought. But it, this was just. I felt like this, like he didn't even put up like it wasn't even a fight. Like it, right, this this is the end of the Will Brooks future of lightweight. Training. Yeah. That, that was going on. We're like, oh, he's still improving. He's like, he's not one of these finished Bellator guys like Eddie Alvarez or Hector Lombard who come over. Like, he's still got, he's only been fighting for like four or five, well, six years now. And um, maybe he does improve, but it's pretty clear at this point that his athletic potential is just not championship level. Yeah. Or his, te- uh, whatever you want to call it, but. Yeah, I said Oliveira took him down. I can't remember the sequence that led to Oliveira just <laughs> hopping on this man's back and just <laughs> fishing for the rear naked until eventually he just got it. Hey, it, it was so uh, just like cookie cutter too. Just like took him down. Brooks gave up his back. Oliveira took his back and just locked up the rear naked choke and it was over. It's like Will Brooks had never been in that position before. And. Yeah, man. I... Fucking and then Oliveira goes and pisses away all that goodwill that he earned back with this fight by saying, "I'm going to go back to featherweight." Oh, he did. I he didn't did. see the post fight. He did. Oh no. I'm like, dude, that's yeah. the best you've. Even in your best wins at featherweight, you did not look that good. Yeah, like this was a dominant, just and I. I... I guess I'll kind of say I was wrong. Like, I, at 155, I, I I don't know. In my head, I envisioned the size difference being well, here's the thing. a lot. You probably remember way, way back when he made his debut in the UFC, and he was 19 years old, and he was up against, like, your Jim Millers and your uh, Donald Cerrone's. And he just yeah, like, I would say, I remember the Cerrone fight. And I was like, man, this, like he's a, he's a good fighter, but he's so scrawny. Like, <laughs> yeah, well. It, that was also when he was 19 years old. Right, yeah. He's, had he's seven, eight years of UFC checks giving him, like, actual move of, like, full meals and training now. 
Like, yeah, he, he's, he's a grown man he's a grown now. Grown ass man <laughs> who would be a top ten light heavy uh, lightweight. Yeah, I hope his his coach is uh like I don't know. someone just sits down with him and just goes like, Did you not feel really good about this fight? Right. Like well, you gotta look at that replay and just think like you you just dominated I get it, he was a champ from another organization, but like you, you made that look just ridiculously easy, dude. You just, got the you got a fifty thousand bonus, fifty thousand dollar bonus because you could make weight this time. Like, he, yeah, God, yeah. Shout out to Duke Bronx, man. That was that. That was that was an awesome, awesome performance. Yeah. And for Will Brooks, man, like, where do you? Like Bellator won't take him back. I'm gonna yeah. just say that out front, like. He pissed yeah. away all his goodwill. Like it, it wasn't like Eddie Alvarez where Eddie Alvarez just sat down with Coker and was like, "I want to leave." And Coker was like, "You know what? I understand." Like this was Will Brooks just. So hey, he's what? He's one and two. He's one in and the two UFC? in the UFC, and his only win is the like Ross Pearson fight where. Or like, if you're an exceptional, ta- which he took on short notice, admittedly, where and he's he's not he's lost by two stoppages. He got knocked out. He got knocked out by Oliveira, who was admittedly like seven pounds overweight, and then he gets choked out by this Oliveira in like one round. No excuse. You think they bring him? Think they bring him back for one more? Give him one more go around? Uh, I'm sure he's not. Like, I gotta... I'm, I'm sure he's not gone. But like, do. The question is, how does the UFC match him up? Do they want to re- do they want to give him a fight that would be competitive? Do they want to feed him to somebody like um, well, not like Khabib if he comes back, but like I'm sure Ally Quinton needs a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like if you give him a fight, well, really that's the thing at lightweight. Like even what would technically be considered an easy matchup isn't an easy matchup. Like none yeah, of these people. This is a guy. He's- this is a guy who struggled with Ross Pearson. Right. Again, on short notice, but still. Like, what what do you do in that? Like, who... who do Does the UFC match him up with... I guess the question is, does the UFC match him up with a top 20 guy? And, like... Do, and, or, and does he... How does he perform? And, like, what's the style matchup? Or do they match him up with, like... I don't know. Who's the guy... Um, like, Holbrook. The guy that... Uh, Gillespie, uh, Gillespie knocked that up earlier. Right. Like, what do you do with him? Because I gotta imagine when he came over, I, I'm not he sure what his contract was. I'm... He took a pay cut to be in the UFC. Oh. Like, yeah. this is this is why lesson to the fighters out there is why you fight for money. You go where the highest paycheck is and the mo- and where you're going to get like the most guaranteed money. Because and, like, this sucks. For Brooks, because he he's a talented fighter. Maybe this not maybe not that level of talented where like he's a championship fighter, but he's a very skilled fighter. Yeah. I I think if I'm and this just my opinion, yeah, I think if I'm his team, I give him like you said, like a whole Brook, give him a fight to just kind of get his confidence back going. Well, it's not even just that. It's what does Sean Shelby want to do with him? All right. Because, I mean, top 15, I mean, you got Trinaldo at 15. That's not an easy fight. <laughs> yeah, that's, 
I'd take Ronaldo in that fight, to be honest. Yeah, that's not a that's not a not, none of these people in the top fifteen are, are guaranteed wins. And you're coming off the first two losses of your career. Yeah, that's that's tough, but it's the fight. I, oh, not, oh wait, not his first two. His, you, I forgot he got knocked out by a wad. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> maybe the, maybe that should have been like an eye opener. <laughs> the wad fight. The, yeah, the, getting knocked out by a wad. But I mean, it was kind of early in his, you know. And I get it, a wad is not like a top talent, but he does hit pretty hard. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him a I'll give him a pass for that loss. But yeah, I hope. I hope he can get it together. Maybe give him a, a confidence builder in his next fight, even though at lightweight, like there aren't a lot of easy outings going around. So, g- good luck with finding a, a a fight like that. That's a guaranteed quote unquote. They have Marcin Held. They can have a like loser leaves town fight rematch. Oh yeah, cause he cause he lost to um Lozon. Lozon. Yeah. Maybe they can Lozon. Go for it. Or that, <laughs> or that. I'm I'm not mad at either of those. But for Oliver, yeah, I, I hope he stays at 155. Don't don't go back to 45. Don't do it. Know. As for the Pettis yeah. rematch at 155, see how that right. works out. I, I think he beats Pettis at 155. Right. <laughs> oh, that's another guy. That's that's another story for another. Uh, was that the whole main card? That was the main card. Okay. All right. So main card was. Pretty dope. Controversy aside and other shenanigans, main card was uh pretty dope. But these prelims, man. Um, yeah, these these prelims were pretty good. Uh, I guess I'll just keep going down the list. I'm not sure how many of these will cover, but uh, Miles Jury uh, returns from the dead. I feel like I haven't seen this guy in 16 months. Sound like that? Yeah, it's. It's been a while. Um, last time I think we saw him, Donald Cerrone was giving him some kicks to the backside. <laughs> I, I think he, did he fight once after that? No, did he no, fight after that? He got guillotined by Charles Oliveira. Oh, okay. <laughs> I Oliveira forgot. I didn't know that fight even happened. After Oliveira blew weight by like five pounds. Uh, so, yeah. Either way, we haven't seen Jerry in a while, but like once upon a time, you know, he, he had a lot of hype going for him. So he he this fight was at featherweight, and yeah he he gave Mike Delatore the work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, he landed some brutal elbows on the ground. Like this is the Mike what? that was the Mike Jury I expected to see heading into as he climbed the like the ranking because he was always right. like this hyper aggressive guy who would who could put it on you from top position. And that that was what I expected to see when he fought like Cerrone. Didn't see it at all. Mm. No, nah, he he boarded this fight like he he got Delatore down, and he kind of just had his way. Like he did what he wanted, and then the elbows came, and Delatore's face just <laughs> like he got slapped with a machete, and yeah, that was it. Like <laughs> this fight only lasted what three. Three minutes and thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Not, not a long showing. Just kind of Miles Jury just just dominating. He he looked good at forty five though. Yep. Oh. Yeah. He. 
Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him back. He's still young enough where he could put together a, like a whole career after, you know, his first run. And and I think at 45, you know, if, if he chooses to stay there, that there are a lot of fun fights. Like 45 is pretty, you know, it's a Shark Tank too. Yeah. There's not a, not a lot of easy outings going on at 45, and he would fit right in with all the killers and <laughs> just, just brutal people down there. He he would definitely fit right in. But um, moving on because I want to talk about this next fight. So I was kind of looking. Yeah, man. Man, Kamaru Usman and Sean Strickland. And I mean, I'll start off by saying Sean Strickland is a talented dude. He's like, a very skilled he's fighter. He's a very talented dude. And Usman just blew through this man. Just Usman is just crazy athletic. Just crazy really, talented. Yeah, this dude is He's he's somebody like he's he's if you if your eyes aren't on him if you haven't seen him fight if you don't know who he is please get familiar I promise you're gonna see this dude in in like a top five fight in the near future like, like just a bunch of perspective this dude has not been fighting for like five years he's been fighting for four and a half years so everything he's picked up. So quickly, it, it, it's absurd how like quickly he's picked this stuff up, and, and he's just athletically on another level. And and as he's supposed to be getting, as he's been getting more difficult fights, they just the wins seem to come easier. Yeah, like it. Like there Sean, was Sean Strickland, uh, like. You can make the uh, the argument for Leon Edwards, but I think that was at the point in Edwards' career where he was like not a very good wrestler. But Usman's just been putting it on people. He's not stopping them, but like, good God. Yeah, that these are just one-sided, decisive. Like, clearly, I'm the better fighter. <laughs> like, yeah, just striking, striking, pretty solid. Wrestling's good. He he looks just super confident when he's out there. Like he like he looks like he knows he's the man. Like <laughs> he, he knows how good he is. Like, I feel bad because he's going. I, I I can see his future where like he's eventually a top five fighter and people are paying attention to him. And they're like, why isn't he finishing fights? Blah, 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 blah. And like <laughs> I I enjoy watching him like just batter the shit out of dudes for like three rounds. Yeah, this, just, like, and that's what this was. Just a three round just. And at no point was he ever in danger. No. Nope, not once. And he called out he called out Neil Magny, I think, in his in, in his oh, post God, fight. The crap out of Neil Magny. Yeah, and I was like, I don't I don't even know is, is he ranked? Let me see. Neil Magny or Usman? Usman. Usman was like I wanna say he was like number fifteen. Let's see. Let's see where he's at. He's at, at number eleven now. Magny's at number six. Yeah, and yeah, if, if those two fought, and yeah, man, I like Usman beating Magni is not far from the realm of possibility. Like, <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll give Magni props though; he is a really he's a super tough dude. So like, I'm not, I wouldn't count him out. 
but Usman beating Magny is not far-fetched at all. Like, I, I, I could easily see that happening, just based off of just pure, just, just talent, man. Like, this dude sure. is just... Like, like, I, I love Neil Magny, like, unapologetically. I think he's, like, one of the hardest-working dudes in MMA. And, and I think he's just like a testament to persistence and hard work because he's by far the least athletic top 15 uh, like fighter in the welterweight division. Right, and he still makes it happen. And he's still just like a workhorse. But Usman would fucking slaughter him. <laughs> yeah, man. I I hope for Usman's next fight. I I, I want I want to see him against. Uh, a big name. Nothing had to be a yeah, just, just a big name. Just, just Gunnar Nelson, um, Dun Hyun Kim, Neil Magny. I'll take any of those fights. Yeah, I, I say make the Magny fight happen. I'm I I, I say I, go straight he, for it. He put the he put the story out there, so I say yeah, like give it to him. What was the the backstory? I didn't, no, no, I didn't no, catch what it was. The story is he called out Neil Magny. Oh so, yeah, so yeah, just throw yeah, make the make that happen. And if Usman wins that, you know, that that's a, a face that should be out there, that should be promoted. Just, dude's a freak, man. <laughs> no, I don't have nothing else to say, man. This, this guy is a freak. Um, Man, I don't know, know what other, pre- like, all of these prelim fights, at least the ones I saw, like, they were all really good. Literally just keep going down. Shane Burgos and, and Charles Rosa was an awesome fight. <laughs> like Josh, uh, to uh, Shane Burgos. He's a former training partner of my aunt. Him and um, Kate, uh, Kate, uh, Caitlin Chukagan. Hmm. So you know, I have a bias there. But like Burgos, uh, if I'm trying to think of just like the best comparison without just saying John Lineker, because he's not John Lineker. But um, yeah, he. I'm trying to think. But just like this, he's a defensively sound, at least when it comes to boxing, pressure fighter who is absolutely just relentless. And especially towards like... Guys like Rosa who can't plant... He he basically made Rosa fight off the back foot the entire fight and Rosa couldn't plant his feet to throw. So it, it just doubled the fact that he was just pressing forward because anything Rosa threw wouldn't actually hurt him. And it just seemed like the longer the fight went on, like Burgos was just getting steam. And just, yeah, just the one judge who had a two-one Rosa going into the third. <laughs> like, like, and I get it. Rosa was landing like a lot of leg kicks and stuff, but Burgos was putting it on him. Yeah, I would say. I, I kind of remember. I think the first round was pretty competitive, but uh, the second, the second round was a competitive one to me. Where like um, he he was landing more, he was throwing more combinations, like he was doing a better job getting away before Burgos could land on him. He was landing that leg kick, and it was starting to look like it was effective. But the fight still felt like it was going Burgos's way. Like at no then, at no point did it feel like it was out of his grasp. And that finishing sequence. Oh God. <laughs> Man, he had Rosa just flying all over the place. Yeah, just... <laughs> like, 
I called the stoppage too early when I, uh, I posted it, but like I think it was like one of those too early, too late type deals where like he stopped it a second earlier than he should have, or he stopped it like a second later than he should have. Right. I can't. Was it? A, what did he start that flurry with? Was it a left? I can't remember. It was a hook um, cross. Or was it cross? Yeah, it was like a hook cross type deal. Like I, I want to say it was a counter or. Oh. It was a counter something Rosa threw. And, like, he landed... Oh, he was, it was the last punch on, like, a three-punch combination, and he ended it with a hook. And it just spent... It's was just, it the uppercut? I can't remember if that was that or the whole book, I right? Think, he threw, like, a couple of uppercuts, and then he finished that sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And it just... It, it literally caused Rosa to do a somersault backwards. And right! <laughs> he literally rolled all the way back. <laughs> And then, yeah, just proceeded to kind of just get lit up more until the ref finally, yeah. That it was a good, it was a good fight though. That was a very entertaining, like, that was a really entertaining scrap. Yeah. And hey, Bur- hey, Burgos, fucking put him on the Long Island card, please, because that kid's just what I forgot. Are these one forty five or one fifty five? One forty five. Okay. Like, Another potential killer just yeah, I was on really, the list of... I was really worried when he got signed that um, his spine would, like... Well, I, before he got signed, I was worried that the USC wouldn't sign him because he has health problems. Like they mentioned during the broadcast, he had severe scoliosis as a teed. Uh, he had to have, like, was it two metal rods shoved up his back? Oh, yeah, yeah, they did mention that. And that was, like, oh, that, that was my one concern for him because... I always heard what like a talented fight, how such a talented fighter he was, and every time I saw him, he was just always beating the shit out of people. They got the regional oh. scene, so I was worried they wouldn't get to UFC because of that, but he got there eventually. So uh, hopefully we get to see him more because the hands, man, the hands are there. <laughs> he is sharp and he is yeah fucking just hyper aggressive. Um. I'm gonna skip a fight just because I want to make sure I talk about this real quick. Um, Des Green, who we've seen in Bellator, we've seen in Titan FC. We've well, seen he was a champ in Titan. Yeah, right? he was a champ yeah. in Titan. We've seen him fight in yeah. Russia for like ACB, I think. Yeah, he's he's been around, man. Like, and I remember in Bellator, like he had a lot of hype in, in Bellator. Well, he was a tournament finalist. He he fought um Dan Whiteshell in the tournament. And, yeah, and he beat the guy that. Bellator wanted to win this tournament. Will Martinez, guy who got that special on ESPN because like he takes care of his um, physically ill father, mm. and that was the same tournament he beat Mike Richmond. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, Des has been been holding it down for a while. He also need Miguel Torres, which hurt my heart. But that's <laughs> thing being, Des Green's been around for a while. I'm glad to see he he made it to the UFC. And it, it was a pretty solid performance. Not anything mind-blowing. Um, he performed like a guy who is used to having to... not Well, not squeak out wins, because I thought he won all three rounds. So, right. But a guy who is uh, used to going out there and just like putting on a performance to get a win. Yeah, he was very... He was, he was pretty solid. He was very patient. Calculated. Uh, didn't waste any energy. I think it's, to me... 
I feel like his striking. I mean, it's gotten like I said, so it, much better. From yeah, it's gotten a lot better. Because I remember in the Bellator fights, his striking was very rudimentary. He was basically a wet blanket. He was like Dan, he was like Strauss, like early in his career. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he he's gotten leaps and bounds better. Didn't I can't remember in this fight. I don't think he got. I don't think they wrestled a whole lot. No, no. Yeah. Because Emmett was just like slinging. So, yeah, that's the one wrinkle in his game we didn't get to see, which is kind of, I guess, what you could say he built his name. Yeah, I guess you could say kind of he, he was known for. But, yeah, he, he looks a lot more well-rounded now. And I'm curious I'm, if he stays at lightweight or, or if he moves to featherweight. Because I think he's a little better at lightweight. Like I was going to say, he, he looked a, a decent a decent size. Yeah. Like, like he's not small. He's 5'10". Yeah, so... I, I, I'm not sure what his ceiling is, and like I said, in, in lightweight, like even making it into the top 15 is insanely hard because there's no easy, <laughs> there's no easy fights anywhere. That, but but um, he's only been fighting professionally since like 2012. This is his like fifth year of fighting. Huh. He's had yeah, 25 he's, fights, and he's still relatively young, I think. Yeah, he's like 27. Yeah, like he's got time, and like I say, yeah, he's been a guy who just outside of the UFC built a really good name for himself. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad he made it. I want to see how far he can, how far he can take it. He's um, very, so, it, yeah. He's what gym does he train at? You know, TriStar. TriStar, okay. Yeah, hope, hopefully they they keep him on the right track. He's he's definitely somebody I, I'm interested he's to see. He's the exact type of guy TriStar would go for. In turn, like lanky, um, just somebody who could fight really long, and who's a solid wrestler, and who could not stick to a game plan, I guess. Right. Not gonna go out there. Not gonna do anything stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I want to see how how much he can he can get done. Um, a few other fights. Uh, I guess shout out to Gregor Gillespie. That was yeah. a pretty uh. Dude, Gillespie's been a dude <laughs> who I've been watching, who I watched his first fight in Ring of Honor, uh, Combat. What the hell, Ring of Honor? Ring of Combat. Like four years ago, three years ago, and I was like, oh my god, this dude's going to be a fucking breakout star at lightweight, and he got he eventually did get to UFC, obviously, and. I thought he was kind of small because they matched him up with like the six foot lightweight, and he he won, but it wasn't impressive in like the breakout flashy type of way. And then he came out right. and he just fucking bombed on this. Floored him. He <laughs> just floored him. And then the ground and pound, which I don't even know if that was, <laughs> I don't even know if that was needed, but right. yeah, man, right. it wasn't even just like a bomb. It was like so crisp. It was just like two. I think um, he threw like a. It started off as a hook cross combination, and then like he doubled up a hook from to the body, like right underneath um, right underneath your armpit, and then went upstairs, and it was just so fast and so crisp. Yeah, he. A lot of lightweight just have so many. <laughs> this is. An endless supply of people who just... I don't get how, like, if I'm a fighter and I decide, alright, I'm gonna try to go to the UFC and I'm gonna be a lightweight. Like, yeah, like, like, Gillespie was a dude who... 
you know, his praises were sung out here on the East Coast, but once he got to USC, he just got lost in the crowd of these, like, other talented lightweights. Like, when you hear about, like, Lando Venata, you hear about, uh, fuck, um, Joseph Duffy. Joseph Duffy. All, like, all these other dudes who are just, per, or, who sit on the periphery of, like, the top 25. Yeah. But it's a tough place to make a name, man. If you make it, it, make it to the top 15 there, you are a damn good fighter. Right. And probably hey, a top he, 10 fighter in any other division. If he, if he keeps uh, if he keeps those hands up, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll be hearing from him again not, not too long from now. Hopefully he's on the Long Island card, man. He's a Long Island dude. Like, I, I don't want to yeah. go another, what, how long did it take him to get back? Oh, it wasn't too long. He fought in September. I I I, I don't want to wait long, man. Put him on put him on the LI, the LI card. Man, but yeah, shout shout outs to him. Another young talent. No, I, I like this card that they. I guess we've said this a couple of times. A lot of the young talent is getting out there. Whether or not they'll be promoted, that's another story. But you know, yeah, they're getting put on the stage, and a lot of them are showing out. Um, on to two people who are not so young, but uh, <laughs> Pat Cummins and uh, Jan Blazowicz from Blackowicz. saying his name right. Jan um, Blazowicz. I don't remember. Man, Cummins took a beat in this first round. Man, he he took some shots. I don't know how I feel about that mustache either. Just throwing that out there. I don't. Man, the man's name is Durkins. <laughs> or is it Durkin? <laughs> It was Durkin. Yes, Durkin. That, that, that mustache. What do you, you know, expect from him? Maybe that aided in him not being KO'd. Maybe that was some cushion. Because he, he ate some shots this fight, man. Yeah. But shout-outs to him, though. He survived a, a pretty mean barrage. I just think Jan just kind of just blew the wide. What <laughs> Patrick Cummins lacks in, like, technical ability in MMA, he makes up for and just being the tough as fucking the day is long. Right. Yeah, true definition of he can he can grind a fight grind a fight out and oh yeah yeah and make it work. Shout outs to him too, cause like remember like his first fight in the UFC was against Cormier, like and he goes from fighting Cormier to like he's still around yeah still and performing you know solidly every time we see him. I like to point out um, he was supposed to fight. Who was he supposed to fight his last fight? That it got pulled. Um, he was supposed to fight John Volante at the, on the New York, uh, not the the MSG card, the Albany card in December. That you know that ended up being one of those like mid mid card fight of the years, where Volante fought that dude uh, Safarov, and they just like hmm. on each other for three rounds. But um, he pulled out like a week before with a staph infection. And, like, he did this whole interview where he was, like, breaking... He, it was a Twitter rant. He went on a Twitter rant where he broke down. He's like, I'm sleeping on my friend's couch. I'm freaking homeless. I can't afford to get this shit fixed. Hmm. Like, so I'm just happy that, he, you know, he st- something good came out of it, I guess. All right. Life of a fighter. <laughs> like, life of a top 15 fighter. Like, Patrick Cummins is in the right. top 15. Patrick Cummins fought... How many times last year? I want to say it was more than twice. You fought... Oh, no, you only... Oh, well, you only fought once last year. That's crazy. You fought, like, 
He was he fought four times in 2014 and three times in 2015. I figured he fought a lot, a lot last year. But he only fought once and got you know murdered by Nog. Hmm. Might be that wear and tear. That's a lot of fights. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's that Cerrone schedule. But um, he's the number what? Like he's the number twelve. You, you tie for number twelve with Blackovich. I don't know if they updated the rankings yet. Wait, wait, wait. Tyson Pedro's in the top 15. What? Yep, he's number 15. God, this division is dead. He's right. He's right at number 15. Um, I guess quick shout out. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, like, I, like, I, I come and like, get that he's boring and just like abrasive, but like, I appreciate anybody who's tough as shit. Yeah. So yeah, good shout outs to 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 Cummins. Like I said, survived the beating and, and got shout-outs, kept going to get the win. Shout outs to throwback Patrick Cummins. Can wrestle, can strike, <laughs> tough as shit. <laughs> As a last two, I'll just give quick shout outs to Caitlin Chukagan. Uh, she got a split decision over Irene uh, uh, Aldana. If I'm saying that right, Irene Aldana and yeah, uh, Magomed. Bibulatov defeated Janelle Lausa by decision. He had a point taken away. He still won 29-26 on all cards. Hmm. And since we got here, I can get your reaction to this live now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Magomed Bibulatov. I'm surprised you didn't see this because it made it to... It was so big, it got small and made it to, like, the Buffalo sports section news. (laughs) But, um... For those who don't know, Magomed Bibulatov is a muscle man for Kadarov, who I brought up before. Um, Kadarov is the warlord who reigns over Chechnya. Man. <laughs> so he's like, oh man, this dude's like a real life. Like, like those guys who ride around on motorcycles and like you go on Kadarov's like Instagram where he's like posing with guns and like like mountains of money and like pretty girls. <laughs> like Magomed Bibletov is one of those dudes in the background holding a gun. He's like a James Bond villain. He, like. he, he's he's the guy who <laughs> where like if Katarov wants somebody gun, he drags them out into the woods and does terrible things to them until they're gone. Oh man, he's like Batista in that James Bond movie. Yeah, he's <laughs> man, that's wild. <laughs> hey man, like, ew. Hey, I guess you gotta do what you gotta do to get paid. Yeah, no one in this business, is, like, this is the fight business. There's people getting into a, you know, a fist fight and taking years off one another's lives. It's going to attract bad people. It's also going to attract the bodyguards <laughs> of Russian oligarchs. Hey, man, make me disrespect my Chechen. Yeah. Makes makes for an interesting story. I mean, you can throw him up there with uh, the World Series of fighting shenanigans and like Magomed Bilatov makes Ali Abdelaziz seem like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at least Aziz is like getting his fighters money. Like Bilatov is just like, uh, yeah. Be interested to see his uh, thirty for thirty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would be 
Yeah, like I, I can't think of any other fighters who have a background like, like I, I was a right hand man to a warlord. I mean, I, I, uh, I just like to point out like Chris Weidman, Fabrice Verdum. Uh, I think Frankie Edgar, those are all guys who Katarov has invited to Chechnya to just, like, hang out. Like, legitimately just to hang out and drink with him. And he's paid them, like, six figures to do it. Like, there's actually a funny thing. Um, I can't remember which one it was. Like, Frankie Edgar did some, like, um, some prince from Saudi Arabia invited Frankie Edgar to Saudi Arabia. And this is, like, a, a news clip from there where there's, just, like, there's, like, this government proceed, uh, proceeding going on and just Frankie Edgar's just sitting there like what the fuck am I doing here <laughs> hey man they pay you six figures to fly out I guess you just fly out yeah you, you ask questions when you get there <laughs> but uh we're coming up uh not too far from an hour 30 so I guess uh you're ready to wrap this up but I wanted to give uh pardon shout out to uh, Bellator Kickboxing only because there were a few names on here I was semi-interested in seeing so I'll just give them a quick shout out um, Denise Kilholtz uh, won her fight and retained her belt uh, Giorgio Petrosian or I've always butchered his last name I think it's Petrosian Petrosian well, I, I feel like he may have fought recently but for some reason I just feel like it's been a while since I've seen him uh, but I know he's he's fought recently but yeah he fought in January yeah I just I, I don't keep up with him enough but it, shout outs to him it's hard he, when not like a central yeah for kickboxing where you have to for kickboxing yeah so you kind of just yeah you just kind of just lose track of people but shout outs to him he he got a win and shout outs to john wayne parr who uh i didn't see the fight but i saw a gif of his head kick knockout and yeah he took uh what's this gentleman's name nando calzetta yeah he knocked him out pretty brutally at but I think pretty sure Wayne Parr is like forty years old and uh still still KOing people. So yeah, shout outs to him. That that KO is pretty brutal. I think I think Bellator posted a gif of it on their Facebook page, so Yeah. Yeah, if you're a fan of them on their Facebook page, just go watch that knockout. It was uh pretty nice head kick. <laughs> instant instant KO once once it landed. And uh I feel like it was somebody else I wanted to give a shout out to, but I can't think. So, yeah, shout out to them. I like kickboxing, so I want to, just want to shout out to kickboxing. Um, do I have a shout out? Shout out to, well, like, shout out to ACB, I guess. And I'm going to keep singing the praises until everybody watches. Um, they have a card coming up this weekend, ACB 57, Payback. On Saturday, it's at 10 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, it's a it's a rematch of my, my third or fourth best fight of 2016. Magomed Magomedov and Peter uh, Peter Yan at bantamweight for the ACB bantamweight championship. Uh, it's like I said, that was my one of my favorite fights from last year. It was amazing. If you haven't seen that fight, go watch it it's on YouTube. Um, but I have to go watch it. Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've. I don't think I caught that one. Oh God, you gotta watch it, man. It was really good. But um, yeah, they're put. They, but their whole card this weekend is good. Uh, if any of you remember Slava from like the Bellator middleweight tournaments, uh, 
I'm a butcher's name, uh, Vacheslav uh, Vasilevsky, former M1 champion, former Bellator middleweight tournament semifinalist, finalist, something like that. He's fighting on this card, former Bellator lightweight, Alexander Sarnovsky, Tiger Sarnovsky. He's fighting on this card against a guy named um, Edward Vartanian. Oh, man. I like Tiger. Oh, yeah. That's a really solid fight. And in the co-main event of this is going to be a fight between um, Abdul Aziz Abdul Vakabov. Yeah, uh, you can tell how <laughs> yeah. good my Russian is. Um, he's fighting this dude, Andrei Koshkin. And um, Abdul Aziz uh, Abdul Vakabov uh, Yeah, that. Abdul Aziz um Probably one of the more interesting lightweight. Uh, he's one of the more fun lightweight Russian guys out there on the circuit. Last seven wins by stoppage, four of them in the first round. He's beaten some really good prospects just by like in just the most violent way imaginable. Like Edward Vartanian, go watch that. That's also on YouTube. That was a savage knockout, and he's going to be fighting. Defending his ACB lightweight title in that fight. Um, like, yeah. Like, if you're not busy on a Saturday morning, late morning, afternoon, early afternoon, and you're just chilling and you want to watch some good old-fashioned, you know, blood sport, ACB, top to bottom, always fun. But, like, and they're not just jobbers. They're actual talented guys who, if... What do they, uh, what do they stream the... YouTube. All on YouTube. Okay. I wish I'm at work, so... Yeah, same here. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe if there's a way I might be able to sneak a... I found out the other day that... I I thought YouTube was blocked in our work computers. But I saw a co-worker on there the other day. Were they using, like, a proxy or something? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think he was. He was watching... uh, I forgot what he's watching, but... Yeah, he was on YouTube, so I I might try to... And the the way... uh, Hopefully my managers never hear this podcast... But the way my seat <laughs> is in my office, like, my managers can't see my computer. Like, I'm facing, my face is toward them, but my computer screen is to the back. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I might might uh, sneak and not do so much work. And, uh, and there, well, well, <laughs> uh, just really quick, there were, like, three other really solid cards, fights, cards, whatever, going on this weekend. You know, UFC on Fox, Demetrius Johnson defend, goes for... De- UFC title defense number 10, tying the record of Anderson Silva when he fights Wilson Hayes. Uh, Rose Namajunas versus Michelle Watterson. Like I said before, Jack Correa on the last fight of his contract is fighting all, uh, against uh, Robert Whitaker. Jeremy Stevens versus uh, Renato Moicano. Uh, Roy Nelson versus Alexander Volkov. And Frenchman Tom Dukenois, best prospect in MMA. I'm putting in that out. Oh, that's- that Saturday. That Saturday, he's fighting, he's making his UFC debut against Patrick uh, Patrick Williams, and oh. fresh off his um, I guess surprise performance against Demetrius Johnson, where like he took one round and everybody lost their shit over it. Sam <laughs> Elliott is going to be fighting Louis Smoko, and what I can only imagine will be just like pure chaos. Mm. So that's like that's a really fun card. Yeah, shout out to Duke and Wall. Yeah, I I I, did, I forgot. I didn't know that was this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait to see that dude fight. Dude, he's so much fun. Yeah, um, that that's uh, Bellator, Bellator one seventy seven. Eduardo Dantes defends his bantamweight title against Leandro Higo. 
as Hegel makes his Bellator debut and he's replacing um, Caldwell, Darren, Cal- Darren Caldwell on short notice. That's a really good fight. I, yeah, that's going to be another it, fun it one. Hegel didn't get the chance to make his debut before fighting Dantes on short notice, but whatever. And then um, Daniel White, uh, Vichel and uh, John Teixeira are going to be fighting on that card, and that's a really fun fight. So that's two. Two out of four Bellator. That's passing, I guess. <laughs> no, like the other, the other, one of the other fights they have on there is um, Lena, Lena, what's yeah, see, of Chinakova, Helen Harper, uh, yeah, Chinakova versus Helen Harper. Uh, for those who don't know, Lena Avchinakova uh, uh, is the chick who bit uh, Joanne Calderwood in Super Fight League. Way, way back in like 2012. Like Mike Tyson? Like, yeah, like just straight up bitter. <laughs> Might have to look that up. And um, last but not least, Ryzen returns on Sunday. And um, they, I, uh, in preparation for their tournament, I guess in like September, I think it is, the fall, they're going to have Rena Kobata facing off with uh, Dora Perez. In a fight at 108 pounds, and that's um, for those who don't know, Rena's like the top shoot boxing female of all time, and she's like the biggest star Ryzen has. What what time is that card? Uh, that's a good question. You know? It says midnight here on Saturday. We got like a, Saturday, Saturday. one of these days. Like, one of these days like Saturday, we're gonna have to Sunday. So if you don't have to work Sunday, you're good. Oh, okay. All right. I might actually try to catch that. I was like, we, we got to, one of these days we got to review. I know they always come on at freaky times, but yeah. Because, yeah, Cause, yeah I, I am off Sunday. So hopefully. But that whole card is really good. Like, to see you yeah. guys, Jerry versus Andy Burchak in the main event. That's a fun fight. Man Mountain versus Man Mountain is a, like, steroids versus, like, yeah. like, like, effective steroids versus, like, beach steroids. Amir Alec versus Geronimo Dos Santos, aka Mondragon. If you've never seen Mondragon, he makes like Alistair Overeem look like a twig. <laughs> like that's the best Man. way to describe him. Yeah, we're gonna have to review a rising card one day. Just and, it has, and the picture's gonna be just Geronimo Dos Santos just standing there, mean mugging us as he flexes. <laughs> and then you have um, uh. oh, speaking of the second best um, flyweight fighting this weekend. Will be on the Ryzen card as Kyoji Horiguchi makes his Ryzen debut after leaving the UFC to fight Yuki Montoya. Probably, I want to say the best flyweight still fighting in Japan. Like, I, I don't think anybody's unseated him. But yeah, because he beat Wada, so yeah, he's still probably the best flyweight still fighting in Japan, not named Kyoji Horiguchi. So that's a really good fight. And um, for tension. Nasukawa, like straight up, just like a legitimate striking genius. Like this is a kid who is, I think he just graduated high school earlier this year, and he knocked out a Lupini champion in a Muay Thai rules fight by like spinning jump back kick. Oh, yeah. No, this kid is really fucking good. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna need some footage. <laughs> Definitely gonna need some footage on that. To go look up Lauren Kenshin's video on him on YouTube. Just Tension Nasukawa. Kids just 
fucking unbelievable. And he's going to be fighting on this card at Flyway against Francesco Gigliotti. No idea who that is. He's Italian. I'm assuming he was brought in to die. Uh, <laughs> Darren Cruikshank is on this card. He's fighting Yusuke Yachi. Uh, Satoshi Ishii, former Olympic gold medalist, fighting Heath Herrig. And, uh, yeah, no, this is a fun card. Like, just fun matchmaking from Ryzen. I'm really looking forward so, to their women's tournament later this year. Like, I'm, I'm curious who they can get to join it. Like, can they get, like, Eri Tosaka to, like, leave wrestling for a year to go try and win some money? More little story, we got a lot of blood. Oh, uh, yeah. It's been a good year for combat sports. Oh, yeah. It's a lot it's of... It's only getting better. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to get to it, but, like, in a couple of weeks, the most important heavyweight fight in, like, the last 10, 15 years is going to go down. You got uh, Klitschko versus Anthony Joshua. Like, that's more important. That's the biggest fight, the heavyweight fight since uh, I don't know. Um, maybe since like Lennox Lewis was around. LC, especially for for boxing. Yeah, that's... like they sold out a ninety thousand seat venue for that fight. Mm. The atmosphere. Uh, uh, Anthony Joshua's fans are like casual in the same way that Conor McGregor's fans are so I expect the atmosphere to be absolutely absurd and just like loud and violent <laughs> and like it's just going to be amazing and uh I don't know how that fight's gonna go so yeah Klitschko's getting old he's shown to be weak again not weak but like Vulnerable, more vulnerable against guys who can match his size. Josh was this big, huge athletic bruiser who's never really been tested. It, 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 it's the type of shit you dream about, really. Well, we'll see. We we got a lot of yeah. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of violence. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, like well, let's stop the fucking titles we had that were, like that were being up for defense earlier. <laughs> It's going to be an amazing year. Barring everybody stay healthy. So the year's gonna all the fighters out. The going to close out with Yo Romero versus Jack Ray Souza for the Bellator Midway Championship. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's, it's going to be an interesting year across the board. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much uh, been the show. Uh, hopefully for all the fights this weekend. Hopefully we'll catch some and maybe get to cover some sometime next week. Um, but as always, anytime people are getting kicked and or punched in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. So hopefully we will catch you guys soon. This has been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. Check us out on YouTube and SoundCloud. And uh, thanks for listening. We will catch you guys later.